For the radical thinkers of the Enlightenment, he was the first man to have lived and died as a true atheist. For others, including the English poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge, he provides perhaps the most profound conception of God to be found in Western philosophy. He was bold enough to defy the thinking of his time, yet too modest to accept the fame of public office, and was referred by Gillis Dillers as the Prince of Philosophers. Bahok Spinoza was born on the 24th of November 1632 in Amsterdam. His ancestors were of Portuguese Sephardi origin and had escaped the Iberian Peninsula from the persecution of the Roman Catholic Church and sought asylum in the Dutch Republic. He therefore received a religious education and was particularly well versed in the Hebrew Bible due to his Jewish origins. Inspired by the groundbreaking ideas of René Descartes, Spinoza became a leading philosophical figure of the Dutch Golden Age. Descartes' most notable philosophical ideas famously included the idea of mind-body dualism, where he argued that there was only one type of substance available in physical manifestations, res extensa, which made up everything ranging from chairs, tables, and mountains, and which could be explained in terms of the laws of geometry using properties such as dimensions. However, for Descartes, there was one big exception, namely mind or consciousness. He labeled this as res cogitans and stated that it could not be explained in terms of mathematics. This thought process of Descartes sprang up from his statement cogito ergo sum, which roughly translates to I think, therefore I am. In addition to mind and matter, Descartes also thought about a separate, uncreated and infinite substance, God. So for him, there were mainly three types of substances, God, mind and matter. Spinoza, therefore picking up on Descartes, went a notch further and stated that there was only one form of substance making up everything which he referred to as deasive natura, a phrase which can be translated to as God or nature. This phrase perfectly sums up his metaphysics regarding God. According to Spinoza himself, by substance I understand what is in itself and is conceived through itself, that is, that whose concept does not require the concept of another thing from which it must be formed. Spinoza's God was not therefore any separate entity from the universe and its laws, but rather was manifested in the nature of the universe itself, a singular self-sustained entity. Spinoza's God is an impersonal one, which doesn't send divine revelation doesn't judge by providence, doesn't see anything, or neither does he reward the virtues after death. Spinoza thought that the limited viewpoint of men about nature caused them to think about the divine as a separate entity in what he called subspecies duratonus, over an eternal point, subspecies eternatus. Needless to say, his unorthodox ideas did indeed get him into trouble, trouble and he was excommunicated from the Jewish community on 27 July 1656 at the age of 23. The rabbis issued a writ or harem against him which read, By decree of the angels and by the command of the holy men, we excommunicate, expel, curse and damn Bahok the Spinoza with the consent of God, blessed be he, and with the consent of the entire holy congregation and in front of these holy scrolls with the 613 precepts which are written therein, cursing him with the boys, the excommunication with Joshua ben Jericho and with the curse which Elisha cursed the boys and with all the castigations which are written in the book of law. Cursed 
be he by day, cursed be he by night, cursed be he when he lies down, and cursed be when he rises up. Cursed be he when he goes out, and cursed be when he comes in. The Lord will not spare him, but the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man. And all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him, and the Lord shall not blot out his name from under heaven. And the Lord shall separate him on, unto evil out of all the tribes of Israel, according to all the curses of the covenant that are written in this book of the law. Spinoza, unlike others who had been excommunicated before him, did not seek to return to his community and settled in The Hague near Amsterdam. He later wrote Tractatus Theologico-Politicus or the Theological-Political Treatise where he criticized the interference of the religious clergy into matters of politics and argued for a case for freedom of religion, freedom of speech and freedom to philosophize. In the book, Spinoza also argued against the organized religions and that the Bible was not the word of God but had rather been conjured by men. He says, It will be said that although God's law is inscribed in our hearts, Scripture is nevertheless the word of God and it is no more permissible to say of Scripture that it is mutilated and contaminated than to say this of God's word. In reply, I have to say that such objectors are carrying their piety too far and are turning religion into superstition. Indeed, instead of God's word, they are beginning to worship likenesses and images, that is, paper and ink. Spinoza's views on scripture constitute without question the most radical thesis of his treatise and explains why he was attacked with such vitriol by his contemporaries who often labeled him as an atheist. The treatise, which was a matter of a lot of controversies, lay the groundwork for his book Ethics published in 1677 after his death. The Ethics is a beautiful book which presents a calm and soothing form of pantheism fleshing out the metaphysics of Spinoza's God in its entirety. The metaphysics is highly deterministic and he shows that in all our decision making, the past incidents, even the ones which we had nothing to do with, have an effect like a chain reaction. His philosophical viewpoints were much shaped by those of the Stoics, in particular Seneca, and was that of leading a life full of freedom from guilt, sorrow, pity, or shame. Despite such enchanting views on life, his books had very little effect in shifting the religious demographic. Spinoza had realized that men are guided by emotion and not reason in terms of religion, as he says in the treatise, men would never be superstitious if they could govern all the circumstances. Of all their circumstances by set rules or if they were always favored by fortune but being frequently driven into straits where rules are useless and being often kept fluctuating pitiably between hope and fear by the uncertainty of fortune's greedily coveted favors they are consequently for the most part very prone to credulity the human mind is readily swerved this way or that in times of doubt especially when hope and fear are struggling for the mastery though usually it is boastful, overconfident, and vain. He died on 21st February 1677, along with Socrates and Seneca, one of the three great deaths in philosophy. Baroque Spinoza can claim on both the Enlightenment thinkers of the 18th century and great minds of the 19th, notably Hegel, Marx, and Nietzsche, and later thinkers like Ludwig Wittgenstein, and can truly be seen as the first philosopher of the rational Enlightenment. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Slow Tycoon Podcast. If you liked this episode, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you so very much for joining.